We have moved to a new location and it's really fucking stinking hot. Well, it's more like humid AF. Not ideal. I just said this to the these New South Wales guys on a call and they didn't have any sympathy. Is it because they've been playing shows? No, because I said I'm choking because of the heat and they're in hoodies. Like They said, how are you going? And I said, I'm choking because of the heat. And they were like... Uh, like, Must be nice. That's the way, like, how would anyone react? Heat is the great leveler. Like everyone's jealous of heat. Everyone seems to be in the cold. Everyone's on heat. Everyone seems to be in the cold. So when you're in the heat, it's like super rare shit. Yeah, I thought it was more like the digital marketer that gets to work from home at a desk versus like being on the road. No, no, that's, doing the physical slog. No, that's all of us. Yeah, everyone's working from home. <laughs> Anyways, who cares? I'm still adapting. So good talking point just to kick things off because of this change of scenery. What I referred to as a sea change the other day, because, uh, yes, dun, dun, dun. I don't even know if that's the bad noise. I'm back on Instagram. Fuck my life. It's because at some points in life, I feel there's some elements of FOMO and then there's some elements of like, I'm that bored that I'm willing to go back on there and then I'll get grossed out by it and leave again. But, you know, I feel like this time is a little bit different. Like I have felt less pilled by it, like less like I'm on there all the time, checking notifications, shit posting. Like I am shit posting, but not the way I used to. Let's see how long this lasts. So don't DM me, I probably won't reply. Ignore my shit posting if you can't handle it, because that's how I be. Mm. It's funny how such a profound change in your life, like no one else would even clock. But if you think about it. it, there was a time in life when, and we were lucky enough to have experienced this, but where you lived in these little bubbles where no one really knew what was going on. Actually, I'm reading, well, one of the books I'm reading is Drew Barrymore's second book, I think it is, called Wildflower, and she actually talks about this in one point in her, like, wild child 90s years. She was saying that she actually loved this time of her life where you're almost in your own bubbles because you didn't have access or... You weren't able to be a voyeur into other people's lives because social media didn't exist. The internet really wasn't a big thing and it, you could just like live. Mm. And it's so strange now to have this you know window into other people's universe. Even doing this pod, it's like, I think because it's not in real time, it's like experience the things, you record it, then edit it, then release it. People listen to it at their leisure. You're not really accessing it with the immediacy of like shit posting stories when you're out and about, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's funny because you can still do all that stuff. Humans and time and just existing hasn't changed at all. But what has changed is that there's these big distractions. Like they're constantly kind of going, look at me, look at me, which is social media. If you really look at people just existing, we haven't changed. Like it's all very primal still. Like, Well, it's also weird, the idea of sharing everything, you know? Like, Like I saw this post actually, LinkedIn's been fucking cursed lately. At one point... It was like escapism on there because it was kind of funny to just like watch all the suits do the suity things. And then more recently, there's been all these tech layoffs, so it's been really fucking sad on there. But I did see the global head of marketing for TikTok. This is the thing. You constantly are being fed like creative posts and stuff like that, marketing, ads, whatever. And you kind of just don't realize as the recipient that like you may not see someone's content for a really long time. Like I wouldn't really ever think about this guy. But then he posted today being like, I took a year-long break from social media and I was like, oh, really? But then again, I'm like, so did I, so how would I know? You know, he kind of said, I took this year to, like, 
focus on family and like he's been working the man who works at tiktok to yeah. figure out social media yeah and i was like that's really interesting was he forced because he's not allowed or no he i voluntarily voluntary and you know this he's is like a I, he's like i voluntarily took a year off every social media except for tiktok yeah. no i think it was like this is the other thing right it's like how i get this with marketing when social media becomes part of your job you actually like don't find joy in it why would you spend your offline time on there you know what I mean? So I think like he was basically saying like he's used all his other time that's not work to spend time with his family. He even said he'd been born and bred in LA and like quietly moved to the UK during the last year. And it's just one of those things. It's like reading a post like that, obviously this person has influence like in the business world, but I'm like, oh, I would never have known that you weren't here. And it's like when I come back to social media, I'm always like, aha, I'm back from my biannual deactivation and nothing's changed. And no one cares like you know people might be like oh you're back and then it's almost like were you ever gone and it's so strange how you get in your own head like as if people give a shit because you're your own main character i think maddie hilly talked about that with but I, I think most normal people who aren't celebrities i think a lot of people are on social media because they're trying to make a buck in some way or another it depends i would say there's two types of people with social media people that want to have connection so like when you know we were talking to your mum about this how they stay in touch with people back home yeah. as an example like she's when you talk to her friends in Sweden, my parents are the same, like that's how they keep in touch with the Philippines. And then there's, you know, people within their circle and they want to share photos with their friends. And like, you can really tell by the follower counts, like what kind of game people are playing or what level of influence they have. For me, I've deactivated so many times that I've forgotten all my logins and I've had so many different accounts now. My current account is like actually one of my burners and I've got like 300 followers, but I can almost say that I know every single one of them. And it feels a bit more like Facebook used to you know what I mean, in that way where it's not like you're trying to build this audience and I'm not using it really to monetize. I mean, I was talking about this with you before and like just this sense of like chilling out a little bit in general and not, it's a different type of rat race where there's almost like this kind of subliminal pressure to be like, you have to keep up, you have to keep trendy, you have to keep doing stories, being omnipresent in people's lives. But it's like, I think a lot of people who are doing that, like people who are posting for other people's entertainment, like posting memes and all that shit, it's like there is an agenda to that even if people don't realize it. And I think... You know, I post now just as me and that just so happens that I don't put the pressure on myself now to be like build a following or like I, I didn't really ever do it. But there's sometimes you fall into the trap of like, oh, everyone's going to love this one. But now I just do it as like a stream of consciousness. And sometimes I don't post for weeks and other times I'll just post like everything that I'm seeing in that day. And I think, I don't know, I'm approaching life a bit like that where you just have to exist and do what feels right as opposed to trying to be this like social media best practice like da da da. I, I mean you already work with social media so heavily it's similar to that TikTok guy where it's like there's a professional divide where I don't know if you use it a lot as your like source of income or your professional career or whatever yeah it's just that thing it's like why would you do it in your own time you know what I mean like well, the way I've been using it is like I turn off comments and likes and stuff because that stuff is toxic for me i don't have anything to hide but i'm like that shit makes me feel bad and i'm pretty bad with dms like sometimes i'll dm people and then i completely forget about the dm and then i'll find myself sometimes when i do it have to think about oh how would i respond and then i'm kind of like get the ick and then i don't do it anymore i'm impulsive in general and i'll have days like bursts where i'll be shit posting like crazy like posting status updates and memes and whatever and then i'll go into the opposite like the last feed post i did was about the pod and then i made a pod account and i actually love that one i'm like so far backdated at the moment just like going on there and posting it and like not thinking about it again it's just like a website yeah 
But yeah, I don't know. Trends and stuff are interesting because again, I work in that kind of space too. Like I'm a marketer in the professional sense. Like I'm very tapped in, even though I don't post a lot. And I remember seeing someone post about that once. Maybe it was on LinkedIn being like, just because my social media accounts don't have a million followers doesn't mean I don't know how the fuck to get you a million followers or whatever you yeah. know like or how or what's going on or like just because i'm not posting doesn't mean i'm not tapped in which is interesting because it's like you give so much energy to like posting versus like having enough time to consume i was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how like best practice for tiktok these days is to post 15 times a day and i'm like in what fucking universe am i like posting on tiktok for 15 hours a day like who has the time yeah i mean this is where i think it comes back to the people who are subliminally like trying to build an aesthetic or build a follower count there is a financial i mean unless it's like pure vanity which i don't think it is i think a lot of people have this like one eye on, oh what if i like build it to this maybe blah 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 brand will send me something if you're gonna go for it like like that's a different story like if you're going for it then that's almost like a business venture in itself you know what yeah i, mean? I, I get think... it if you've got like an e-com business which but being you know... being halfway in between the two i think can lead you to you're neither happy in online or real life so it's like you kind of just have to not I don't know, it's almost like don't waste your energy or time on something that is diminishing returns. I mean, we've been talking about this to veer away from social media. I think getting to the answer quicker in general, kind of mm. like work and, you know, living and all this just life shit. It's almost like you humor things to the point where it just drags on and then you get to the point. Let's say you don't do the thing or you don't want to do the thing. And then could you have just said that from the get go, not wasted the amount of time? And I well, think- it also depends though, because like as an example, if you're an artist or a creative, there's like it's such a like art versus commerce thing because as a creative it's like you make this stuff and you kind of want to share it with the world you know because otherwise what's the point blah 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 unless it's a cathartic experience where it's like i do like a lot of journal pods as a way of doing therapy and then there's the other part that's like you want people to actually listen to it and those are two different things i enjoy the process and then if people listen to it that's a bonus but like let's say you're a musician you're making art there's this like inbuilt needing to self-market which is crazy because like i think as an independent artist that's always been the case you've always had to self-promote but now like even signed artists that are on major record labels have to do all this fucking extra work and it's like okay cool you're now putting all this energy into making music and then you're also having to do all the marketing yourself if one of those things is making 15 fucking tiktoks a day like you're not getting paid anything extra and if it's not just about getting paid and it's about awareness so that people actually listen to your music so that you can feel self-fulfilled or whatever it's like i don't know i just keep seeing these things stacking up against these creatives and similar to the economy in general it's like why am i doing more getting paid less and like getting less income and also less attention it's just like nothing's really adding up at the moment yeah anyway blah de blah moral stories are back on Instagram for now so enjoy it while it lasts because who knows it usually takes about six months for me to completely get disgusted and, and deactivate what else have you learned having now traversed cities again and states um, I'm in my bad boy era I go in waves this is so. different to your fuck boy era which yeah you've been in for a while uh, no that's a permanent state of being for me but my bad boy fuck girl fuck i mean fuck girl doesn't sound as i transcend genders when it comes to this attitude damn that's some yeah exactly exactly let's just wait pause in that there's been moments where your classic fuckboy tendencies can come out i would say the things that really come out to me are like when you have a hoodie on you're just talking about visuals though yeah yeah but like aesthetics are like symbolically it's like maybe a bit of man spreading you know like you're you're enjoying the indulgences it's just like you're being a piece of shit and you're you're disrespecting other 
empathetic human beings and aren't you? <laughs> no, like, that's not being a, no, I mean, yeah, I guess you're being yeah. a fuckboy, you're more being just You're like, prioritising selfishness is the general attitude. Right, 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 right. But my bad boy era is not about being selfish, it's just about being disgusting. In the way that, like, I'm not disgusted by it, but maybe the societal norm of, like, the how nun, you're The nuns is, that are walking down the yeah. street would be, like, gasping. Yeah, yeah. It's more that I'm just like, it's an attitude. Clutching, clutching their pearls. I would say it's more of an attitude. Like, I've kind of got this give no fucks energy at the moment. You know, kind of like swanning around the house, the star fishing, etc. Right, so you're a bad boy and your fuck boy really just the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So like, no, right, no, no, sorry no. to split no, you no, two. No, 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 because I'm not inflicting it on other people. This is very like self-deprecating. Uh, okay. It's like I'm, I'm being about... a baddie. Not actually, I wouldn't say it's being a baddie because the difference between baddie where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm on my bad girl. You know, it's like I'm not on like my sassy energy. There's no sass to this. It's like self-loathing, but like I'm okay with it. And that's yeah. what I mean. It's like, I don't know what, is it hedonism? Maybe that's what it is. And again, like, obviously, the, like you can see the correlation where this is happening. Like, I've started listening to the Brett podcast again, and I've started reading his books again. I just bought the shards. Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah, fucking, I'm back on being pilled and look what it's doing. It's bad, he's a bad influence. And I'm not mad about it because here I am. We talked about this last time, you know, I guess maybe the beginning of your incel era now. Okay, it's not. Okay, (laughs) this is the thing. You can't keep pigeonholing me as an incel. But Brett's kind of an incel. Oh, God, here we go. You're just obsessed with that word. And I think you need to stop incel-holing me. Oh, that sounds sus. Yeah, it sounds fucked. Anyways, not the point. Pigeon-selling. Let me just clarify that, like, nobody is being harmed in this bad boy era except for me. Okay, let me just, like, walk you through some of the steps of what happened after the light went out yesterday so you've gone to bed and this is when i know i'm in a bad boy era because i suddenly like don't care about sleeping fuck it who cares you know what I mean? now i'm like reading this book reading the shards and i'm like oh yeah this is like hitting the spot and then i'm like spiraling into like wormholes on the internet i'm going deep online i'm vaping at night time i'm back on the vape first of all that's a bad boy era mentality because i did quit and you know like it's just getting a bit seedy and there's a point where you're like in the middle of the night you're like I could just stay up. Yeah, I don't relate to that. Like, it's very, like, ingrained in me to go to sleep. I mean, I'll go to bed late, but I do find it a bit sad, I guess, when I stay up too late like that. Whereas See, you seem to, like, thrive. <laughs> in the, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I No, I'm telling you, it's because I've got this fucking Damon Salvatore energy where I'm just like, if I didn't have to sleep, let me just say, I just wouldn't. Like, mm. if I had the ability to not need sleep and it wasn't, like, part of functioning as a human being, like, I would be okay with it. Like, I love nighttime. I love... Yeah. I feel really productive. I feel like everyone else is asleep so I can just get on my own rhythm and like do whatever I want. So yeah, this is the era that I'm in. That's me climatizing and I'm not feeling bad about it. I don't, like I said, it's a bit destructive to myself, but I'm not going that dummy. Like I could be worse. At least I'm sober. I could be drinking. That would be way worse. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where my head's at at the moment. How about you? The humidity is like insane actually when we first got here the humidity was so fucked and because we've been in melbourne where it's really dry heat and previously we were in sydney where it's like kind of more humid much like here now i felt like i acclimatized a little bit coming here and just not really being aware like we landed in the goldie and i was like holy shit i feel like i'm in asia it's so humid yeah, and literally I, I don't think we've experienced that in i probably have in australia but like it did feel unbelievably yeah tropical like thick I was breathing like vape clouds, like it was crazy. It felt like when we got off in Manila, it has the same sort of thing where it doesn't rain. So it's just like hot all day and all night. It's not a bad thing, but it's just climatizing. 
Yeah, and you know what? This the lessons that we've learned. Okay, so I was all like, I'm gonna go back on my fitness shit. Like this is the time. And you've always been like hydrolyte hive, and I have not. Yeah. Well, only because I learned like dehydration is like the devil in action. Dehydration is one of the most whack feelings ever. It's the way that it like sneaks up on you. First, it gets you, and then it wipes you out, and then it keeps getting you throughout the day, and you just lose control. Like dehydration is the pits. Yeah, and you don't want to end up on a drip because we've all ended up there before. Yeah, and you're on you're teetering on the edge of like basically like I can't look after myself. It's almost like when you get too drunk or something, but like dehydration is the same feeling of like i potentially haven't got control over myself here there's something about losing all those minerals and shit you're like deprived for like the next 24 hours it's, well it's this really is what intense. happened yeah because i remember like because i walk and you run i was like i'm good like i'll be fine it's not that bad but i actually went for my first walk at like peak sun yeah. middle of the day and i was just like really cocky about it being yeah, like i'll day, be fine and nearly trying to get on the horse like two days in you're like yeah. oh, i'm just gonna start exercising but it's yeah yeah, the heat. It was pretty savage because I what happened was I went for the walk in the burning hot sun. I put sunscreen on, so I was like, I'll be fine. I had a hat, whatever. This is going to be sweet. And you're like, have a hydrolyte. I'm thinking, no, 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 I'll be good. I have water. Two hydrolytes. Like, well, I didn't. Serving suggestion. Two, serving suggestion. Two tablets two. in one Yeah, in one and, and you know, I'm quite small, so I found that one is good enough now. But like, you know, again, had to learn this the hard way. So I'm out all day. Then I go for a swim and I'm kind of like, in the water and then get out of the water and it's burning hot sun again and i'm kind of like i'm just going through it then we went out you know what it feels lunch. like it feels like a sauna if you're in a steam sauna it feels like that with like the uv energy just like sapping it out of you yeah so you're like out in the wild which is crazy hopefully wearing sunscreen yeah but like you know i've gone in the water the sunscreen's come off i don't have any sunscreen with me my water's running out anyway i don't realize and then later that night i just remember being like i feel fucking sick literally being like my stomach's sore do i have indigestion i was thinking like oh my god i'm trying to retrace my steps thinking like is it that i've had too much lactose like am i lactose intolerant like i've always had like some challenges with it but not really and then the next day i was fine again i was like okay and then Again, we went to dinner and everything, and then by nighttime, I was, like, literally writhing around in pain. And then it wasn't until the third day where I was, like, it's happening again. And then I had a hydrolyte. I was, like, please help. And I was, like, please, I need, like, hydration. Because, like, I've had this feeling before, and I remember having to go on a drip. And then you gave me a hydrolyte, and honestly, it saved my life. I was, like, whoa, that's crazy. Instantly, I was, like, much better. I didn't think it was that hot, but it was, obviously. Apparently, there's a heat wave going on in New South Wales in general. Yeah. So, yeah, lessons learned. Dehydration is not fucking cool. And stay hydrated, my friends. Also, sunscreen. Slip, slop, slap. Like, absolutely necessary. Mm. I don't normally burn. And even my arms and my neck felt like it was getting burnt the other day. And I am pretty good with sunscreen, but now I'm especially careful. Protective headwear, obviously. Hats have changed the game for me in so many ways. But you just got some new sunglasses. Well, not new second hand new to me oakley's well you're wearing them right wearing now them right now i love them they're cool i mean you've been looking at them for ages obviously being a cricket fan <laughs> that oakley spawn spoke to you yeah this is the post irony in full effect they're good yeah the thing is like obviously pending your budget you want uv protection lenses i mean you can get them even at the chemist and stuff so you know it's all cute to have designer frames or whatever or like cute little fashion sunglasses but like you need proper lenses especially if you're going running or like out in the sun playing sport or whatever strongly recommend i actually mine are all scratched up the ones that i had been using for exercise so i got some on depop as well such a fucking steal by that french brand is it bolle yeah bolle 
Yeah, I'm hoping that they're good. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, so that's the lessons that I've learned in this heat. Let's see what's caught on fire. All right, like, well, just chuck me some words. Victoria's Secret, returning after four years hiatus. Not too interested about that. To be honest, like, I'm surprised that they're coming back after that long. But then again, it goes to show how much, like, I don't know. We'll see if they, like, do anything about the diversity play. Because, like, I think that was such a big part of why, you know, I think it was during Black Lives Matter when people were kind of like, well, wait, there's, like, no diversity in general, like, being broadcasted here. And they kind of went into hiding and now they're back. This will lead us into new spaces like reclaiming one of our best marketing and entertainment properties. Okay, so they've got the CFO, like, they rolled the CFO out to talk about this and he's just called this a marketing exercise so it's about <laughs> that's what i mean they haven't start. learned shit they've we've already got fenty and like that kind of like took over victoria's secret in terms of calendar moments so i used to watch the victoria's secret runways as a young lad yeah well my sister was also the same and you know now she works in like the lingerie world and you know i think it was really aspirational for the time that it was but like we kind of moved on I think they can bring it back. I think they've like fucked up by not staying finger on the pulse. But now I think you would assume that they've like got their diversity quotas like ready to go. And then yeah, and that's we'll, going to we'll be because people forget pretty quickly nowadays. That's so the you thing. Can... It's like four years. I'm sure people have already forgotten. Like, I think people is... actually think there's a strong affinity towards like nostalgia. I yeah. Like, I think people are like, oh, it's back. Cool. Like I actually think a lot of people don't actually give a shit about. Yeah. And I think it doesn't quota. take long to like get things right. So if they got the right musicians, so like, don't forget the Taylor Swift, Rihanna, all these people, like if they get Harry Styles to perform, everything's going to be forgiven. You know, you just chuck in Bella Hadid and you're like back on the map. Yeah. You know what I mean, I think everyday folk who like once enjoyed this are going to, you know, tap in pretty easily. Yeah. Eh, boring. Talking about fashion runways, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care to talk too much about Kanye right now, but Molola, that fashion show she did, I don't even remember what it was fucking for, but that fashion show was seriously so sick. And I'm really happy that she's still doing well. I mean, not to say that she ever needed Yeezy Gap, but like now that Yeezy Gap's not happening anymore, she's like gone harder on her own stuff and also putting on events and things in London. And I think that's really cool that she's kind of sticking to her music roots. I love that Rico was in it. I've always thought that her and Rico were like kind of twin flames. So it was nice to see that happen. But I did buy the black and white version of the, the Puff Puff trucker because I have the green one. I use it all the time, but I did get the red one at one point and I found that I would be wearing it. And I'm like, something's wrong. And I was like, oh, I look like fucking Ash Ketchum. So I had to flip it because I was just like, I can't be talking Pokemon right now. You had to catch them all. I, I mean, you have it. caught them all. You've caught all the hats at this point. So. Yeah. Well, now I only have the green one and the black and white one, which is really good. Like, this is the thing. I'm always trying to like do this thing in my wardrobe where I'm like, oh, let me just try to inject some color in there. And then, you know, you go a little too far sometimes. And sometimes it's just like, just stick to what you know. And I know that I'll actually get wear out of this black and white hat. On the topic of merch, Frost Children posted that they had a merch drop only happening on tour. So then I was like, fuck it, let me just see what's on their site because I'm not going to be able to go to that tour. And I managed to buy a t-shirt because I was like, you know what, just like pull the trigger on this because they're going to be one of those bands that are just like Gex, Strain Gang, whatever. And you might not be able to access this stuff. I kind of think The Garden is like one of those bands that just, if you see the merch, buy it. I'm so glad that I bought the merch that time of their show in Sydney. But managed to cop a t-shirt so that's coming it doesn't even say frost children on it it's just like one of their weird t-shirts so have that now and then also then i was in the wave and i was like all right let me just see what's out there and i managed to fucking i don't even know how this happened 
I just checked for it and managed to get us both the Garden Merge. Did you send it here or tomorrow? Send it here. The white t-shirt's really fucking sick. It's the front and back print. Yeah. And then I got the hockey player one. And I, like, I'm shocked. I got the black one because I can't really wear white. But not in my bad boy era anyway. I mean, I've been on a bit of a spree. Not even a spree. I'm preparing for winter and I feel like mm. I've never had a solid... I've never had, like, a lightweight puffer that actually is warm that is actually warm so i have copped a montclair good price dude that one's i'm a sick. bit skeptical of do you think it's actually going to be warm my montclair looks is a really little, fucking warm it doesn't look a little no thin, but though. it's like the goose down so it's a montclair grenoble puffer it's so sick it's because it's that chocolate brown as well it's got that like lv brown so expect that one in the pics yeah we've and got... also match all your real tree camo it does and yeah. we've got the oakley's yeah the oakley's are a good, all of this uh, good purchase Great prices on depop.com. So, if you know, <laughs> I love how I don't work there anymore. I'm like such an advocate. I mean, we wrapped it before that. So yeah, it's we're, true. We're like, true I'm still users. selling on there, guys. You know, feel free. I'm doing a big purge actually. Once I get back to Melbourne, it's all good. Scrolling, go. scrolling the pop right now. Actually. Yeah. What's the other thing I got? Oh, yeah. Birthday related because, you know, spicy season, bitch. If you, if you get a little bit of family money for your birthday, which I forgot happens. Actually, that's, <laughs> that's something I can talk about is my birthday. When you get some cash, you spend. It's only polite <laughs> to just treat yourself. So. Actually, you know what? My grandma, RIP, she always told me when you get money for presents, she's like, please don't spend this on bills or like functional stuff. Yeah. Like buy yourself something nice. Exactly. To remember me by. I've been on the hunt and I got a nice little crossbody bag. Oh yeah, that's really cute. Shout you out know 108 Warehouse for the recommendation. I would have bought it from there, but they didn't quite have the bag that I wanted. But yeah. they, they put me on to Sealson. The yeah, the Taiwanese, Taiwanese Gorpy brand. Gorp brand. So yeah, very cool. I've got some nice new pieces ready to go. Yeah, that's really exciting. excited about. I think I learned a couple of years ago. It's like you got to get that wardrobe refreshed. Yeah, you just need to keep turning it around. And again, this is why I'm saying the purge needs to happen. Like I will never stop investing in my wardrobe, so that's why you have to keep pushing it out. Honestly, like you can't hold on to everything. Like I can't stand the idea of having a wardrobe that's just absolutely stacked that I can't even see what's in there and I don't even. Use yeah, you got to go. Stuff. You got to go in and out. One for one. I've learned especially. I mean, I'm literally living out of a suitcase at this yeah, point. Same. But like, you got to be willing to just cut things out and keep it light. But also, this is the cool, the coolification of being a digital nomad is that you got to keep the fits fresh. This is what R.I.P. again, Vivian Westwood would say about like buying better and how you got to buy quality. Obviously, like in the short term, it's not accessible to everyone. But like for the same price, a lot of the time you can buy one good quality piece, even secondhand. Often I do buy secondhand for the same price as like 10 whatever items that you're just going to throw away or that mean nothing to you. And I just, yeah, it's all about quality now. I don't need a lot of stuff, but I just want to be able to use things functionally, which is what I do love about the whole Gorpy thing because a lot of that stuff is fashion plus function. And I always go through this, but I'm like, I just like feeling comfortable that's just the fucking facts yeah it's hard to pop a fit off though in the northern rivers at this time i'm wearing oh, the like... northern rivers <laughs> yes the northern rivers yeah i find myself like wearing i have swimwear. shorts and a shirt and that's like all i can really handle this time yeah, until really... it drops by five degrees i can't do anything it's else pretty, it's pretty brutal all i can accessorize is the head and the haircut actually good time to bring up haircuts I got a haircut today. Looks good. I mean, this kind of is similar to supermarket culture. There's men's haircut culture and women's haircut culture. So I can provide my perspective. The barbershop perspective. Barb- yeah, it's exactly. So everywhere I go at the moment, they don't do the beer, the free beer with the haircut anymore. Do you even, you don't even drink. So Which like, I don't even want that. What do you I don't want even that want, for? I don't want any beverage. I don't want anything. I don't 
never have, never will. Like, don't ever try and give me like a toasty, like whilst I'm having a haircut. It's a clean zone. I'm there for one reason. I don't want to be there for a long time. No so, small talk? Small talk's fine if it's the right person. But you know, I'm not not going to talk, but it has to be it's kind of like any conversation. It's like, I'm not going to force a conversation. I actually appreciate when they don't talk, if they've just decided, you know, we're not doing talking today. <laughs> like I'm into that. So actually you, we can go one for one. So talking... Is that a norm? Yeah, is that a norm? Um, it depends. Okay, so there's two different salon? types of salon a... situations. You've got your functional haircuts. My version of the barbershop is the Just Cuts model. There's a suburban girl in me. My mom used to take us to Just Cuts because your family of three in the suburbs, like, that's just what you do. And it was very, like, functional haircut but I think zone. But I think it's important for someone like you who's quite fashionable and, like, you know, well put together is you need to enable people who are listening to go get that just cuts because everyone's thinking it yeah but you know what like it depends what you're looking for like i'm not just going to go out here giving referrals to everyone because i'm not going to be held accountable when you have a bad time it depends what you're looking no for. but you're giving permission i think for people all right here's the permission if you're on a budget this is the thing that shits me about like hairdressers right not everyone wants the full salon experience yeah and that's the thing it's like welcome, you kind of just to my life yeah sometimes you just get like trained that you're like minimum if you're fucking lucky pay 60 dollars a haircut that's crazy if you're fucking lucky and then you can go up to like $150 for a haircut. That's and insane. then like if you want to do hair dye and stuff, like this is a several hundred dollar experience and then like you need to do it so often. I change my hair color, like the colored bits in my hair so often that when I used to go to a hair salon to do it, I'm going fucking broke. Like I can't afford this lifestyle, you know? But this so reminds... I just learned how to dye my own hair and I do my yeah. own hair dye and I even cut my own hair and then sometimes I have to, it's just because I can't see the back or whatever. I'm like, all right, fine. I have to get a haircut. Yeah. My mentality is like, I'm just here to do the most basic thing. I don't want you to wash my hair. I don't need you to blow dry it. I don't need shit. I just need you to cut it in one straight line at the back and maybe like thin it out a little bit and I'll just do the rest. Yeah. And that is why I want to pay that amount. The way that women are marketed to in general, there's a certain conditioning, pardon the pun. <laughs> I just wanted to get that one out. Oh, is that what you were kind of banking on there? No, same as like buying like razors and stuff. You know, don't they make women's razors like fail after like two shaves? This but... is actually a thing. So my friend Christy told me about this. I think her and Floss both, I don't know if they're still doing the subscription to Billy. Billy has a subscription razor program and apparently they use the same model as like a men's razor and it's because the ones that were designed for women are like, I always talk about this, maybe not on the pod, but like planned obsolescence. Yeah. It's that whole theory of like build it to be destroyed so that you can keep replacing it. And yeah. it's very like But is it that they consumerism Is like, it that they're the same razors or is it they charge I think they more just, like, for a Well it's a bit razor. of both. It's a bit of both because I think they actually make them more blonde. That's fucking crazy. So we've got razors and we've got like makeup and just beauty in general. It's like I haven't watched Mad Men, which I actually really want to, but like this is that whole thing about the beauty industry was created for like housewives. Yeah, this whole industry is crazy because it's like started working and they had money to spend. Because men as a whole, like it doesn't even cross our mind to like. But that's not everyone. I would say a lot of cis white men or cis men don't think about it. They don't, yeah, like, the most say, that I'm putting on my face in the day is like light conditioner. Yeah, but some, you can sorry, see some how light that's moisturizer. changing though. The beauty industry is like expanding. Bit of moisturizer and now I'm doing a bit of sunscreen. That's it. But like, you've got to think about like, like, wait, what's the one that you always ask me to bring? Not toner. It's like the one in the little looks, is it makeup? 
What is that? It's in a little tube. You like chuck it on your face. Sunscreen. No, in the little tube. It's like skin toned. I don't know what that is. Anyway, it's like little, there's all these little things and you're like, bring this, bring that. And I'm like, I'm not criticizing. I'm more just like, that's a lot of expenditure to like think about and have to keep. There is a lot of things, right? Like this is the thing on the most basic human level, you can just use the most functional stuff. Like there is that whole theory that like, if you don't use face wash, you'll never need it. Or you don't use shampoo, you'll never need it. Yeah. Because you would just regulate and like produce the oils that you need to or whatever. You know, we're now in this world where we're just like marketed to consistently. I do have this like very feminine regime, but like I've managed to scale it back so much over time. You know, like I still love to play around with makeup and all that stuff, but I'm like, I can really live with like mascara, concealer. Concealer. That's the one. Oh, my concealer for me. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, and okay. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. No, no, no. Like, what's the, for you. what's the difference between concealer and foundation? Well, I don't use concealer. I only use under my eye bags because they're so fucked. But foundation, foundation and concealer. and concealer are quite similar, but foundation you put on your whole face. Okay, and but like, other, I don't and use thing, foundation anymore. And when Jay was like, oh, you got to have different shades for different seasons because you're more tan in the summer, and then it's this like... is just the thing. This, I mean, I'm not here to shade the beauty industry in the way that I actually love makeup. Like, I think it's yeah. a really nice way to. No, that's accentuate features and i think it's fun like i love wearing red lipstick i love blush there's definitely a fun part to it that i yeah mascara lipstick i guess lip liner you can probably go without it you don't need it but it does help i use like this nars blush which is the only makeup that i invest in because it's the perfect shade and it just lasts for ages i use like a maybelline concealer because like that's the one that works for me it's like i've tried all these other ones yes there's some better ones that i can get from macro sephora but i'm like "Eh," they just don't work as well and plus i have to go through so much mm. and other than that i'm like pretty chill but back in the day i was like wearing my full, full doge cat it's an interesting realm but this goes back to haircut so this is a mentality for me so i booked a haircut today booked online firstly booking haircuts online i used to have to call up which, oh, is, which is fine <laughs> every time you're booking yeah you're like i'm seeing haircut. the other end and they're like literally taking a scissor to someone's head and then it's like the phone rings and it's like yep and then they have to go write it down. And now it's just done like on the internet, which makes so much sense. So here for that. And then for me today, it was $45 for 15 minutes, which... And they stipulated 15 they minutes. They said 15. And I don't know if they've thought about that, but I think if they did think about it, they would be aware that that's a positive. Like for me, I want to know that I'm in and out in like 20 minutes. Well, it kind of sets a standard where if that's not for you, then you know yeah. that that's not for you. Whereas, okay. As there were other options. You can go like a more elaborate cut, but I'm like, I just want like... You're kind of like um, Paperboy in Atlanta when he's trying to get that haircut episode. Yeah. And he's just like, I just want this fucking cut done. I want to go. Yeah. But you know what? It's interesting. Whilst I have my, like, do my own hair or go to these, like, whatever middle of the mall hairdressers because actually maybe it's sadistic for me but i kind of like when my hairdresser is a little bit mean to me or doesn't talk to me or is more like a mom and it reminds me of my mom you know and it reminds me of going to the hair salon with my mom and i'm happy with that like i used to do that in marrickville metro (laughs) i literally go to the just cuts there and i'm like i don't give a fuck yeah like you know i'm not going to the the bougie salons but when we first moved to sydney and i was feeling quite depressed or like lost i was getting my hair done at like all these salons like I went to so many different ones like there was one that we when we lived in Surrey Hills that really bougie one where they flew to me into a dark room and like softly washed my hair and massaged my head and all this shit and like 
did that whole bougie thing. And then I also went to a bunch of different Korean salons, different Japanese salons, and they were great. But like you yeah. pay for the experience. It's well, experiential at that point. Yeah. And I think most people aren't rolling in cash. It's that thing where is it worth the extra 50 to $70 to have like someone like massage your head? But if that money is falling into the actual product of the cut, I get it. Like, well, this is the thing. So where I would pay more money is if you want the experience, you want the head massage, you want the blow dry, all that shit, then you pay more money. Yeah. I think if you're trying to get a certain style cut, probably my favorite hairdresser in Sydney was Usfin Atelier or whatever. Mm. That one was like, I wanted a style cut. Like, you know, my hair was quite mullety at the time. Yeah. And it was like, Which is, you're going to get the cut yeah. right. You know the reference on like I want this little wolf cut or whatever the fuck. Yeah, like yeah. you know what you know you can trust them or this is like going to the get your car fixed, but you don't want just a checkup, you want like some new wheels. Yeah, it's like going to a Mercedes you can't just dealer do that and you drive the Mercedes versus just going to whatever mechanic yeah, yeah, around yeah. the road where you're not sure they might do yeah. they might, if they're cutting, they might not. If they're cutting a new haircut for you, yeah, like that's style. That's a whole new realm. Like versus you can't, just a trim. Yeah, it's exactly. different. But also another one is And you, rarely is a guy, especially someone like me, who I know what cut works for me, like it's the same, it's the usual, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I can say the usual I mean, I've thought about this, but like, I've thought about like a side part, sort of no. like, I'm not going to do it, but like, <laughs> I mean, you didn't if I was that to, shit this morning. Yeah. If I was going to do something with my hair, it would be still with the upward, like pushback, but like almost like having it split side to side. And in that case, I would go somewhere a bit more trusted. And yeah. I'd... Because you want to know that they can hit the star right. Well, yeah. the other one is color. So if you're trying to do hair color, yeah. bleach work, as an example, I've fucked around with that before in the past when I was younger and it can go horribly wrong if they don't know how to look after your hair. Yeah, when I went to, I think it was like a Japanese salon in Sydney where I was doing hair color when I dyed my hair red that time, that was worth going because I could do it at home, but I could really fuck it up, which I did in high school. Whereas now I only do these little like side bits and I know how to do that myself and I do your hair as well because I know how to work bleached, but not evenly, not in a way where it's my whole hair. I can do these little like streaks. If I had to do a full bleach job, I would probably go to a proper hairdresser because yeah, you don't want to fuck around with bleach. You end up having to shave your head off. So to be honest, like price creep is happening. Like 45 bucks for what I got today is like, it's on the edge. And I know that's just going to be 50 in like a year from now at least. Well, I had a similar experience even in the burbs where I was like, all right, I haven't had my hair cut in ages. I just need to do it. Went into what is adjacent or slightly above adjust cuts, which, you know, you're kind of looking at a $30 haircut there, which is actually really expensive for when I was young. It was like fucking $12 or something. Yeah. Shit. But, you know, I went into one and it's had those no prices thing. And she's like, I'm already in the chair. And she's straight up like, bro. Don't. $63, that sounds good. And I'm like, you've got me in the cape. I'm in the chair. Of course I'm going to say yes. Don't even get me the no <laughs> prices thing. Like it's this fucked. is again why booking online was a hack because yeah, true. when I go into a shopping mall and I'm like, you know what? I can get a haircut. <laughs> you know, when you do like that walk that slow sort of drive by where <laughs> yeah. you're like, all right, I'm going to assess the prices. I'm going to get a vibe on the shop. It's all going to happen in three seconds. And they've got no prices. And I'm like, don't fucking pull that shit on me. Like, yeah, you don't want to have to go in there and ask because by no, that time you're already no. done. Exactly. Once you're in and they're like talking with you, you're obliged. So I'm like, <laughs> be forward with your prices in real life. We need price transparency. This and online, bullshit. you know. And another thing that like irks me in general is like, keep up with your website. I don't want to see your website hasn't been updated for like 18 months. Like the way that shit moves now, it's like your website and your Instagram and your Facebook and your Google reviews or whatever. It should all be like to the week or to the month. It's like, you shouldn't be, I don't want to see like some weird pricing from like two years ago. And you're like, Oh, I haven't updated my Squarespace in two years. It's like, this is where people exist now. Like, even if you're like a, like a shonky ass place, yeah, you're going to, you're going to minimum because you'll lose customers. People like me are going to be like, mm, no, nah, I don't want to trust it. Cause they don't want to be done by price. 
So if you are, you know, you've got a hair salon or any kind of services, yeah. need some marketing advice. Dude, one support. simple, one simple web page. Can't it do it yourself. This is my sales pitch. Um, I'm here to help. I am currently freelancing and consulting. <laughs> Christ. And if you need some digital marketing, Harry could help you. But these are, these are the little psychological things that when I'm scanning for something, and it's not just haircuts, it's a, it's a range of things. But this is the thing, right? It's like, you know, the other day when I saw that real estate sign, I was like, the branding is hitting for me. It's very minimal, but it's hitting for me. One thing is like, yes, font game and typography and aesthetic is very important. But it's just like, like up-to-dateness. Yeah, detail Price is something that we just need to know, especially in this fucking economy. Like, please, we're not here to accidentally Dude, literally, get I, I would say, especially at this time, like, price is becoming one of those, like, top of mind things where it's like, everything is like, what's the price of that? What's the cost of that? Like, no one wants to get done. Psychologically as well, it's like, if you're upfront with the price... I'm actually more likely, even if it's a bit more expensive, because I know it's like when you're waiting for a train, if you know it's going to be 14 minutes, at least you know, and you can kind of plan around that. But when you just sit there aimlessly going like, how fucking long is this going to be? It starts to get to you. So keep your fans updated. Get your fucking behavioral science going. Literally. Get your little A-frame board out the front with, um, you know, your set prices. I understand if they have to do like a quote. And a lot of those fancier hairdressers are like, we need to do a consultation, especially with color, because, you know, especially when you're talking about bleach and stuff i understand that you need to look at the hair and be like make an assessment but for a general middle of the mall situation or a barbershop like please for the love of god let's just get those fucking prices up i don't want to dig deep into the reviews for someone to mention the price you know that's how much i'm looking for i'm not having to yeah you don't want to do that thing where it's like i find this with restaurants as well like sometimes i want to look at the menu like i'm not one of those people that like to just go there and just go on a whim because i could sit there for fucking forever trying to figure out what to eat i think most restaurants unless they're like a seasonal menu i think the restaurant scene has clocked on to the fact that yeah a lot of modern restaurants a lot of others don't though you find yourself often don't lie you're often on zomato looking for that dodgy screenshot of a fucking menu that someone's uploaded and i'm like i don't know how old this is and why i can't even quite see and like i don't know what's available like do it yourself another thing with restaurant i remember reading this somewhere and it was whether we want to admit it or not whether it's like sad or if it's like you know these are such weird times blah 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 but it's like Everyone loves going to a restaurant or a cafe or whatever, but everyone is looking at the menu beforehand. Firstly, to just scan if it's got what they want, but secondly, to almost look at the menu before they get there. Yeah, but also, like, food allergies. Like, I'm not trying to, as a pest, I'm not trying to go to a fucking restaurant and there's no options for me. Exactly. And then suddenly I'm at K-Barbecue getting the fucking oyster mushrooms, which I love. But when you're paying $15 for a tray of oyster mushrooms and you just sit to the side and you don't get to have the wagyu or whatever that everyone else is having and having the best time that I have to smell, it's, like, not great for me. So restaurants that allow you to just scan the menu before you get there, they're going to do much better. Better. Yeah, and you should just be but able I think to scan the menu and then have the specials board as the surprise. On the flip side to that, let's get rid of QR code menus. Oh at, yeah, at we're done with those. Like, where do we go? I won't say the name, but we went to a, like an Italian semi-decent pizza place in Melbourne, and they like come up <laughs> and they're like, "Here's you want what drink do you like?" Da da da. Service is like pretty good so far, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, so it's QR code <laughs> menu, and there's just like a tiny <laughs> laminate of a QR code." Like, and she blue, handed it to us. Blue tacked. Oh, she handed it. I thought. No, it was, I, no, I think she just slipped it onto the table. She's and I was got like, this like fifty cent piece sized <laughs> QR code 
not like on a menu or like surrounding other pieces of paper. It's just like this can get lost in the cracks. And she's like, there's the menu. You just got to scan it. It's not ordering through the app. It's like just scan the menu. The menu. So now it's like I'm on my phone where I'm trying to get away from for that like I know. brief hour. And it's this like, is the thing. It doesn't even serve function. Look, just print like 30 paper menus. If there's a menu change, well, I mean, just you can't even call people. it a sustainability play because they still had to print out the QR code and then laminate it. So yeah. what's more wasteful? What is the point of a QR code menu? If they're serving you still. If yeah, if you st- still have servers, then I don't understand the reason Which I'm for here it. for. They're still upselling you on drinks. It's like... No, I'm like here for the Mr. Yum integration everywhere. Yeah. Like, okay, as an example, we'll pass Top Shop before. And because it was just so hectic in there, like, because they're always so busy, right? And then, you know, you'd have to go line up and it was just like this system that was a little yeah, bit like... it's helping reduce the line. Yeah, they're focusing on making the The space food is now. cluttered. You're trying to declutter the space. Yeah, and it's like you can now sit on the hill and they'll bring you your food. And that, to me, makes sense because it's actually the menu where you then get to order yeah. and now I don't have to engage with the person except for when they bring me my food. I'm a fan of ordering through an app and then they come and deliver the food to you. I think that's a good experience. And then they can... Not always though. Then they can like banter with you and be like, oh, great choice, blah, blah, blah. But I think this QR code, this is like the reverse of that where it's like scan the menu to then look at it on your phone. So then still have to tell them. So now I'm looking at like a dodgy PDF on my phone and then they're coming over. It just feels bad. The experience doesn't feel... It feels empty. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a premium experience, which to be honest, half the fucking time when you're eating out, you're doing it for the experience. Pause. (laughs) Well, anyways, you know, that's the thing though. It's like, you can't be like, oh, I'm this like bougie restaurant. You're going to charge me premium prices and then I have to have this weird McDonald's style interaction. Yeah. and experience it's like i might as well just get uber eats at this point like Facts. i don't know what i'm doing here and i feel for the service as well because i'm kind of like at what point are you like what is my purpose here yeah am i even gonna get tips no unless you're in america where you're being forced to have tips and they're kind of probably having the best time of their lives when we went to enley the lit bond me place in smith street they've got this system where I like this where they kind of, they've accepted that they're a popular place, but maybe they're like a bit more rustic or like low key, but they've given you those little like Buzzer buzzers. And I'm like, that's a good way to use technology. Otherwise it's a shit show. It's just a, yeah, everyone's it's a kind shit of storm out in that name. store. So give people a little buzzer and they can just go walk away and then they can get alerted. And then no one's screaming names and screaming numbers and everyone's confused. It's like using technology is interesting, but I don't get this QR menu thing as like a priority. Like, let's get rid of that. That reminds me of like early QR use when you're like, this is just too much work for not enough gain and actually is disrupting the flow. It's disrupting the flow and it's making it feel cheap, empty. Like it's yeah. making me feel depressed. I'm like, oh God. But yeah, anyway, like, back to barbershops one yeah, more time. Yeah, one more time with the barbershops and then probably have to call it there because um, too much behavioral science. But is, yeah, I got uh, the cut and I walked out. The only thing I missed today is that for such a quick cut, you're like in and out, boom. But you know... <laughs> He did. He just didn't like comb the hair once or twice to get those loose cuts out. So now I'm like running my hand through my hair, and it's like I'm pulling out like wads of hair. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, like, I've got alopecia or some shit. Yeah, you know? and I'm like, fuck. Like, you're like molting like a dog all day long. Like so you're probably gonna get up right now, and there's just gonna be like a I, wad of hair on the ground. I do appreciate a final comb through, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with the cut. Yeah, and I think it looks good. Well, on, on to the next one. Anyways, good chats. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>